0: Good morning, good afternoon and good evening rugby fans and welcome to episode 136 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. I'm your host. Got a short show for everybody today, but a good show nonetheless. So go ahead and jump into it. So we'll start the show the same way we do every week. That's by jumping into the breakdown. The breakdown is brought to you by O'Neill's. O'Neill's is the official sportswear supplier to the biggest teams in world rugby, Infinity Park, and the American Raptors. Shop apparel now at O'Neill's.com. O-N-E-I-L-L-S.com. Start off by talking about the American Raptors. Raptors are heading to Los Angeles this weekend to take on the L.A. Guiltinis Academy in the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. I was super excited to travel out to Los Angeles for this match this weekend, but after a change of plans, some stuff going, you know, going down, I will not be making the trip, unfortunately. Um, but they should be fresh and ready to go. They had a week off. I'm looking forward to hearing how this one goes. I'm not sure if this is going to be streamed or not. Um, but I'll have, you know, I'll be texting some people at the match. So be trying to provide as many updates as I can. Uh, it should be a good one. If you remember last year, the Colorado XOs, what the, you know, turned into the American Raptors, they played the Los Angeles Giltinis Academy back in May. Uh, I think they only ended up losing by a point or two. So it should be a good match. And this is—I feel—I keep saying this on this podcast—but these are the type of teams that the Raptors need to be playing. You know, these uh, these academy to academy sides, these MLR clubs. Uh, I feel like that's kind of right where they where they sit. That's right in their pocket of competition. So it should be a good one. Uh, Bummed I won't be there, but you know, I'll be keeping up as much as I can. So make sure you follow along on Twitter if you're looking to to keep track of the match. Go ahead and move into some Major League Rugby stuff. Um, More coach news. It's kind of a weird couple of weeks for coach news and it continues into this week. Starting with the Utah Warriors. The Utah Warriors announced on Monday that they had parted ways with 2021 coach of the year Sean Pittman. So I know that the Warriors haven't looked great so far this season. They've only won two matches. uh, Two and six I believe their record is. But I'm surprised that they were so quick to move on after the success that the club experienced last season making a Western Conference final, uh, losing to the eventual champion LA Guiltinis. But that is one thing I will say about Major League Rugby so far, you know, through these first five years is teams are not afraid to pull the plug and make a change if things aren't going the way that they envisioned. Uh, Houston's done it a couple times now. The Raptors did it with Davey Williams. Utah's already done it with Alf Daniels. So uh, I will say that they, people are, you know, they they expect to To be good, they expect to be competitive, and when that's not the case, teams have you know made it very clear that they're not afraid to pull the plug. And that kind of leads into the next story I talked about last week with Old Glory DC. uh, After they fired Andrew Douglas, Uh, the club announced, I think right after I recorded the podcast last week, that they had hired former NOLA Gold head coach Nate Osborne to be the interim head coach for the rest of the season. It's good to see Nate back coaching, and I hope for his sake and the sake of the team that they pick up a few wins during the second half of the season. Because I, I would imagine if it goes well and he gets him straightened out a little bit, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't keep that job moving into next season. So it kind of seems like it's his job to lose now. Uh, i you wishing know, both Old Glory DC and Nate all the best uh, as they try to write that ship over there. I think that does it for the Major League Rugby News. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, the Utah Warriors stuff coming up here in required reading. Uh, but before we get to that, we got to go through all the rugby that you can watch this weekend. And all of the rugby you can watch this weekend is brought to you by Wintergreen. Wintergreen loves rugby and wants to support USA Rugby's mission of uniting an inclusive, passionate rugby community to grow the sport of rugby in America. Wintergreen gels, creams, sprays, and soaks are made with wintergreen oil and other therapeutic natural oils that help to soothe and support sore muscles and joints to keep you at your best. Visit wintergreensport.com to purchase the products you need to help you prepare to win. So starting off all the rugby you can watch this weekend, we'll jump into Major League Rugby Round 10, of course. Um, and starting off the weekend, we have Old Glory DC at the Toronto Arrows on Saturday at 10 a.m. We've got the Seattle Seawolves at the New England Free Jacks on Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Rugby ATL at NOLA Gold on Saturday at 6 p.m. Dallas Jackals at the Houston Sabercats on Saturday at 6 p.m. Austin Gilgronies at San Diego Legion on Sunday at 3 p.m. You can catch all of those matches on the Rugby Network. And then, of course, rounding out the weekend, we have Rugby New York at L.A. Giltinis on Sunday at 5 p.m. That one's on Fox Sports 2, and that is a match that the Raptors are the curtain opener for. So hopefully we see some clips out of that one. Moving into the HSBC 7 circuit, uh, we're in Singapore this weekend. USA men play Kenya on Friday at 10:12 p.m., Canada on Saturday at 1:18 a.m., South Africa on Saturday at 5:33 a.m. Can catch all of those matches on Peacock. Make sure you tune in to catch former American Raptor David still ripping it up. Uh, moving into the EPCR, Connacht versus Leinster on Friday at 1 p.m. Bordeaux Beagles vs. La Rochelle on Saturday at 6 a.m. Sale Shark vs. Bristol Bears on Saturday at 6 a.m. Uh, Toulouse vs. Ulster on Saturday at 8.15 a.m. Exeter Chiefs vs. Munster on Saturday at 10.30 a.m. Stade Francais versus Racing 92 on Saturday at 10.30 a.m. Montpelier versus Harlequins on Sunday at 6 a.m., ASM Claremont versus Leicester Tigers on Sunday at 8.15 a.m. Catch all of those matches on Peacock women's six nations we have england versus wales on saturday at 8 45 a.m scotland versus france at sunday at 5 a.m and ireland versus italy on sunday at 9 a.m you can catch all of those matches on flow rugby moving into super rugby we have moana pacifica versus highlanders on friday at 12 25 a.m melbourne rebels versus western force on friday at 3:45 a.m and then crusaders versus the hurricanes on friday at 10 p.m uh, Blues versus Chiefs on Saturday at 12.40 a.m. Brumbies vs. Fijian Drua on Saturday at 3.45 a.m. And then Moana Pacifica vs. Hurricanes. Moana Pacifica plays again on Tuesday at 12.40 a.m. As a makeup match as they're still trying to catch up from their uh, COVID pause that they experienced early on in the season. Catch all the Super Rugby matches on Flow Rugby. Last but certainly not least, we have one college rugby match we can watch. We have Navy vs. Life men on Saturday at 1130 a.m. You can also catch that one on Flow Rugby. Let's jump into the interview portion of the show now. This interview with American Raptors forward Max Dacey is brought to you by Guard Lab. Join the mouthguard revolution with American-made mouthguards that perform, protect, and recover. For more information, visit GuardLab.com. Had a good conversation with American Raptors forward Max Dacey last week about the season so far, the preparation that the Raptors are doing to get ready to take on the Los Angeles Guiltes Academy and how rugby is like war I overheard Max talking about this when we were in Uruguay I wanted to ask him more about it I wanted to make sure I'm being sensitive to you know what's going on in the country with Ukraine Russia. Uh, I, I said that in the interview as well so um, but I wanted to get his thoughts on that and he had a he had an interesting answer. I think this is the third or fourth time I've had Max on the show. He's always a good conversation. So, hopefully, everybody enjoys this conversation that I had with American Raptors forward, Max Dacey. All right. Now, you welcome back onto the show, American Raptors forward, Max Dacey. Max, how's it going, man? It's going great, Colton. How are you today, brother? I'm good, man. Bright and early. I think this is the earliest I've done an interview with somebody, honestly. So, (laughs) I'm happy to be here, though. Appreciate you taking the time to come chat with me, Max. So, Max, first first question I want to ask you is. You live in Boulder, right? So you drive down here every day? You drive back up?
1: I do, yeah. Unless there's specific circumstances where we have an especially late day or an extra early day, which I'll crash at Chase's house. But for the most part, every day I'm driving up and down. So what's
0: like a regular day look like for you? Like when you're waking up? um, I I can't imagine. What do you take, 36 down? I can't imagine that's the best drive of all
1: time. (laughs) Um, You know, I actually really don't mind it. I'm a guy who kind of... Likes a little bit of time to myself to switch on. Like stretching for practice is a good analogy for that. It takes a little bit of time to allow your brain to get ready for the day. So I usually wake up around 5.45, 6 o'clock, uh, get dressed, make my smoothie, um, and then take the dog out for a walk. And all that usually takes about 30, 45 minutes. So I'm usually on the road a little before 7 to get here around 7.30, 7.45, depending on traffic. And that's actually really nice for me because we don't usually start training till 9 or so. So that gives me like 45 minutes to myself to kind of get some extra stretching in, gets a little bit extra pumping if I need something or c trainer whatever it is to make sure I'm prepared for the rest of the day.
0: It's good to not be in a hurry too, I think. I hate that. I hate the feeling of, you know, running late or, or you're, you know, you're trying to be somewhere and you just keep bumping into all that traffic. I think that's like the worst feeling of all time.
1: Yeah. It's funny you say that actually the one time there was a really, really bad accident on 36. We're all merging from like four lanes to one lane. We're stuck in traffic and I see the big Glendale Raptor car and I get up next to it and it's Mark (laughs) Bullock and he and I kind of have a laugh as we're both running late to training.
0: He lives up in that neck of the woods. So I used to be kind of neighbors with Mark. Funny story. I just moved though. So I don't see him as much anymore. Uh so Max, how what's kinda you know, how's it been going? You know, you've been, I guess, back at it now for almost two months, started beginning of February, we're almost to April now. It's crazy, time's fine, but just you know how how's you know the season been going so far? You know,
1: it's definitely been going great. We've identified a lot of problems we had last year, like not having a good amount of attacking continuity, which we've really honed in on and focused on this year with our preseason as well as Trying to make sure that we're fitter than we were last season for as much as we didn't do our conditioning, we were a great second half team. And I think a lot of that comes from training at altitude. But uh, thanks to our new head coach, Paul Emmerich, we've spent a lot of time, a lot of times on the rower, really trying to make sure we can get around the pitch well. And I think that's helped us out a lot in our past, our previous two games so far. So I think the biggest thing that is kind of a big focus for me personally is just trying to keep up with all these big boys coming in and, and trying to keep the weight on. But it's been a really good first two weeks, first three weeks of season and first two months of preseason. And I think coming forward into um, April and it's it's really going to take off and I'm excited to watch the boys. That's
0: good, man. Uh, I know you, you talked a little bit about already, but two big wins to start the season off. What has kind of what have you been proud of in those in those wins and what are some
1: of the things that you know you maybe need to work on a little bit more as a team the biggest thing i'd say we're proud of is kind of that attacking continuity our shape has started to look a lot better we're running a better pattern than we did last season but i think the other thing too is there is a bigger urgency to have ownership of our own roles you know trusting each person to do their job to allow someone else You know, to allow the next person to do their job, which creates those opportunities and also saves ourselves a lot of work on defense. You know, last year we had quite a few games where it was a win, but it was a really high scoring game, whereas this year I think we've done a better job of keeping our opponents on a lower score. Um, And I think a lot of that is. Again, credit to uh, Paul, but also credit to Shabbat. She's really been leading the defensive front, and I think a lot of tackle tech and reading gaps and making sure we're head up early is, has paid off on Saturdays. That's good. I know you have a fair amount of new
0: guys on the team this year too. Has there been anybody that's impressed you so far this season?
1: Uh, I mean, pretty much everyone, honestly. there's If I had to pick a few... JP is a big name. You know, everyone knows he's an experienced rugby player, but he's really brought a um, an extra level of professionalism to the team, as well as he's been a great leader by example. He he plays the game very well. He's a man of few words, but he picks his words very specifically. And then uh, Sione has also been a guy that. I've loved to watch, you know, he's he's pretty new to rugby and he's been thrown into the starting fifteen at Hooker, which is a high pressure position, and he's been throwing well, tackling well, carrying well. He had a fantastic game, I thought, this past weekend against Life West. And then one guy who's not new, but I think is really coming to form is Mikey Grandy. Mm -hmm. I think that number eight position fits him really well. He had 15 tackles this past weekend, which I think was the top tackle count. Machine. Yeah, he he gets around the park real well and he um he also uses his body very well. He knows when he needs to do what, and I'm really excited to watch him grow this season. That's cool. I,
0: I do I like watching Mikey, and, and I think even towards the tail end of last season, you could kind of start to see the wheels turning a little bit and just kind of putting it together. So I'm excited to see him live this year. Uh, I'm I'm actually heading out with you guys, uh, I guess, in a little less than a, over a week now. Excuse me, um, take on the Los Angeles Giltini's Academy. So. Uh, recording this a week early, but by the time you're listening to this, everybody, um, it will be the two days before the game. So Max, I would assume you know, you're know, you kind of starting to prep for the Giltini. So what, what's kind of some of the stuff that you're working on um, and, and what are you kind of expecting in that match?
1: I think the biggest thing we're working on is making sure we can control the game, making sure that no matter what LA throws at us, we can keep to our structure, keep to our pattern and, and play with some good continuity. We played LA, I think, twice recently or or at least once this uh, last season and we lost and it was a nail biter of a game but they were a very expansive team they had a lot of different threats all over the field so i think the biggest thing for us is just confidence and in our roles like i said earlier you know it's it's a common theme but if our wings make our tackles on the edge and our forwards are bullies like we plan on being it'll be a good day at the office how important is, like, the familiarity? Because I think it's
0: kind of interesting with this program being so new, especially, like, the Guiltinis are, you know, a, a new program as well. They've only been around for a little bit over a year. Um, but how important and, you know, how much do you rely on some of that familiarity from, you know, the season before?
1: Not a lot, but at the same time quite a bit. Yeah, <laughs> It's okay, it's weird. interesting and answer. I think what I mean by that is you never want to rely on – a on a lot from a previous season because every new season's a new opportunity. It's a new group of guys. There's a new style of play, especially with a new head coach coming in too. But at the same time, the way we played our rugby is still more or less the same way we want to, you know? Being a crossover academy, I think we have probably the strongest pack in the US. Like, I don't put up great numbers, but I'm the weakest forward in the gym, you know? and it's it's baffling. So I think it's, it's one of those things where even though we are the same team from last season, with new guys comes new possibilities, new attacking structures. But at the same time, we're still trying to play to that crossover strength. Mm-hmm. I had Trey on a couple
0: of weeks ago, and I asked him just kind of, you know, you've been around Trey now for the better part of three seasons, and there's a handful of guys that have actually, you know, been at it for three seasons now at the same, you know, the Exos and turn to the American Raptors. Um, and Trey was talking a little bit about with this, you know, experience as he's getting more comfortable, he's starting to see more personalities shine through like within the within their play. It's not so much. Okay, I'm hyper focused on doing this or that. They're not they don't have to think about it as much. Is that something that you've
1: noticed as well? One hundred percent. Cause rugby is one of the most expressive sports out there, in my opinion. And a good show of that just off the top of my head, Chase Stilling's pick and go try mm-hmm. in um Los Angeles mm-hmm. or San Diego. Wherever yeah, San Diego. we were. Yeah, yeah against on All- Cal- back.
0: A lot of trips to California so yeah, far.
1: But he, you know, that pick and go was in the middle of the field at our own 10-meter line, but he was in the ruck, he realized no one was in front of him, he ran 30 meters. And if anyone has seen the clip, he draws and passes the fullback, uh, draws and passes against the fullback to our nine, Jacob Gepner. But the hard thing about that is he executed that so perfectly. You know, he saw the gap, he picked it up, exploded onto it. And then it was a two on one at full speed. And I know for most people it's like, okay, that's an easy job. Well, that's a pretty flat ball to throw. That's a big boy running full (laughs) tilt with the cover defense coming across and he nailed it to put Jacob under the post. So, and then you look at Trey and and Trey's a guy who can read the breakdown a lot better now, especially bouncing between that hooker flanker role. You look at guys like Brady Daniels, again, just those little moments of rugby IQ, go a very very long way and I think a lot of the guys are really starting to notice that.
0: Yeah, again, you know, just at the tail end of last year I feel like you could start to see that a little bit, but I feel like that's what that's when rugby really becomes fun, right? You you can just relax a little bit, you're not thinking so much, you can just play, show a little bit of your personality and I just think that, you know, it makes it a little more fun for these guys that are still, you know, learning the to fall in love with it, honestly. Uh, I know we talked a little bit about Paul already, but I want to ask you a couple more questions about Paul. So just kind of what's it like, you know, playing for him? You've been around him for eight weeks now. I'm sure it's a little bit different from, you know, running stuff with Mark Bullock, who's transitioned back into the director role full time. Uh, Just kind of curious what it's been like, you know, running around with Paul.
1: Yeah, I think it's been great. It's been awesome to have a guy as experienced as Paul coming in to be a head coach. I mean, three World Cups, 50 plus caps with the U.S., Mm -hmm. But he also has brought a new tempo to training, in my opinion. There's something about having your head coach running full speed with you or, yeah. or when he demonstrates a drill and does it at pace and does it exactly well. And I remember one of the first days he showed me a new way to pass the ball. Hmm. And I've been playing rugby for <laughs> 17 years. And I was like, I can't do this. And he takes the ball with this new grip and whips it like 20 meters. Um, so it's, it's been really awesome to have him around. He's been driving a lot of new standards, which I think is great. Um, but the biggest thing is that, that energy, you know, he's, he's brought a lot of energy, which I think has helped our boys get a little bit more switched on come training. That's good. Um, it's been fun to watch I, know I haven't been able to get
0: out there as much as I wanted to this year. we got a lot of stuff going on, but just from the bits and pieces I've seen, it does look like just a new, you know, a new energy, like you were just saying, Um, just newness about it which I think can be good and especially like does does it help that he is one of the most successful examples of a crossover athlete is that is that something that comes up at
1: all you know it hasn't a whole lot but I don't know if he does that on purpose or not Mm -hmm. you know because one of the things he's really trying to emphasize is even if even if we don't have the best 15 players for positions, he wants the best 15 ball players on the field, you know, the best 15 rugby players on the field. And that's, you know, I brought up Sione. Sione's a guy who's really grabbed the sport well and has started to play the game very well in open space. You look at uh, Otto. Otto is another guy who has really honed in on his rugby skills, his passing and is a great rugby player now he's not just a crossover athlete so I, I think there is a little bit of that but i think paul always wants us to think we're not just crossover athletes we're professional rugby players
0: hmm. interesting
1: all right max the last question i wanted to
0: ask you before i let you go and i appreciate your time and i want to ask this in the most sensitive way that i can you know given the things that are going on in the world but when we were in uruguay i heard you talking to somebody about how you think rugby is the sport that is most like war. So can you please explain this to me? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, So it's the most like war. It's also a good comparison is rugby is the most, it's the best sport to compare to chess Hmm. because every, that's a much more tame comparison. (laughs) Well, I just think of it as every move is about the next move. And, You know, you think about one of the most popular sayings in rugby is play position over possession. It's the same thing in war. You'd rather fight a war over there at their place than in my yard. Um, But the other part of it, too, is there's so many different things and there's so many different ways to play the sport. You look at Northern Hemisphere versus Southern Hemisphere. You look at playing a set piece game versus playing like an expansive kicking game. It's, in my opinion, offers the most variety Um, But also it requires a lot more thinking than I think a lot of people realize, especially at the international level. If anybody listening to this watches the Squidge Rugby Report on YouTube, he is a great guy to show just how finite and just how minuscule every little thing is in professional test level rugby. And if you look at that in war it's the exact same way it all comes down to small details and it's things like sacrificing maybe possession to get a better better field possession there understanding that i need to get tackled maybe a little bit behind the gain line which is a negative but it's going to it's going to open that door for quick ball and set up my teammates you know like i'm a civil war geek so you look at the battle of antietam you know you send those um i think it was the 41st out of north carolina went all the way up the left edge. And then, you know, that's kind of like the death mission, but then at the same time you have troops coming across to cover that, which opens the gap somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So it's, in my opinion, it's the sport that allows you to manipulate the defense the most and makes you think the most. Interesting. And I would, do you,
0: are you still like catching yourself learning some of these new things or picking out different
1: new things as you kind of go along? Absolutely. I mean, if any rugby player tells you they're not a student of the game, then they're ignorant or wrong. (laughs) But also like no matter who you are or what you do, there's always a way to grow. And for me, it's even though I'm a second row, I can still understand the prop position a little bit better, or I don't throw a lot of skip passes, but that doesn't mean I can't have a better passing technique. Or for me personally, one of the biggest themes I'm working on is my tackle technique, you know? So, with everything there's there's always new places to learn
0: uh, i like that i want i you know i talked about asking you that question i think week 1 of preseason and then as i was kind of going back through it over my head these last couple of weeks i'm like man this is a bad time for russia to invade ukraine so i'm i'm glad we you no know, i thought you gave a good answer that's a well thought out answer um, I like the chess I like the chess comparison there. So, uh, Max, that's all the questions I had for you, man. I appreciate your time. Uh, looking forward to watching you guys in LA in a couple weeks.
1: Thank you, Colton. I appreciate you too, man.
0: All right. I hope everyone enjoyed that conversation with Max Dacey. Thank you to Max for coming in early and chatting with me. I think that I said in the interview, I think that's the earliest I've done an interview, so my brain wasn't working super well, um, but I'm glad we knocked it out. Let's go move into the required reading portion of the show now. Uh, Required reading is brought to you by Gilbert. Gilbert is the official rugby equipment supplier of the American Raptors. Visit worldrugbyshop.com to grab all of your Gilbert rugby gear. So, Utah Warriors CEO Kimball Carr wrote a piece on LinkedIn titled, Building the Epicenter of Rugby is a Marathon, Not a Sprint. That's this week's required reading. Kind of an interesting look, an interesting piece at the overall goals of the Warriors and his thoughts on the season so far. Touches a little bit on the firing of Sean Pittman. Also has a little interesting tidbit about how the the record's not quite there. Um, but their analytics and their, their data are, are telling them that the Warriors players are playing you know, at the top of the MLR, so it's interesting that the results haven't been there, and maybe that plays into some of the reason why Sean Pittman is no longer the head coach, um, but, but Kimball kind of alludes to it being something bigger than that, and it's an interesting piece. I, I would appreciate, you know, it's an interesting look at it. It would be appreciated if you look at other major sports NFL, how often do you get the the CEO, somebody running the, the show, giving their unfiltered thoughts uh, on a piece that's free to read for everybody. So I appreciate that part of it. Uh, I thought I had some interesting tidbits in there. I'll let you read it for yourself, and you can be the judge. I'll link the, uh, this piece in the article that houses this podcast as well as in the podcast description. So just scroll down, click it if you're interested in reading it, pretty short read, um, but full information. Go ahead and move into the stat of the week. The stat of the week is presented by Catapult. Catapult is committed to making performance technology available to athletes at all levels, whether it's the biggest teams and organizations in world sport or amateur rugby players. Catapult helps monitor performance like the pros. For more information, visit catapultsports.com. So I'm reco- this has nothing to do with the stat of the week. I'm just going to say that. But I'm recording this on the Thursday, first day of the master's. Uh, as I'm reading that ad read, I, I noticed the word amateur in there. I'm kind of wondering, like watching the golf tournament, the, the broadcasters always say the word amateur, amateur when they're talking about amateur golf tournaments. Why why do people do that? I feel like I only hear that in golf. Uh, if you have the answer to that, let me know. I feel like that's something I only hear when I'm watching the Masters or something like that. The golf people refer to an amateur competition as an amateur. So maybe I should switch up to ad read biggest teams and organizations in world sport or amateur rugby players. It just doesn't feel right. I'm just wondering. I just triggered a thought in my head that I had earlier in the day. But we'll move into the stat of the week. Not sure this belongs here because I'm – I guess it's a stat. Sure, why not? I'm going to put it here anyways because it's my podcast. I think it's a stat. Uh, The stat of the week is two, the number two. That's how many American rappers have scored a try in the MLR after Caleb Geiger became the second one to do so for Rugby New York in their win over Old Glory D.C. last weekend. Do you know who the first one was? I do, and I'm pretty sure it's only been one more. I racked my brain. I went back and read a bunch of match reports. I'm pretty sure there's only been two people. Uh, lump them in with the XOs the, since January 2021, the whole XO initiative started. Till now, I'm pretty sure there's only been two XO slash American Raptors to score a try and the MLR. Uh, if you know, message me on Twitter or something, I'll try to give you some sort of prize or something. Maybe I'll have to check with the, the big bosses if we can do that. Uh, but message me if you think you know who it is and I'll let you know on next week's episode. And if you get it right, I'll tell the world that you got it right. So message me on Twitter or something at the NVR underscore rugby. It's a perfect, perfect segue into the loop, nailing the segues today. The Loop is brought to you by First Bank. First Bank is the official banking partner of Infinity Park. They believe in banking for good, doing their best to do right by their customers, communities, and employees. Banking for good, member FDIC. Follow along with everything we've got going on at the NVR Rugby on Twitter at the NVR underscore rugby and at Colton Strickler. Bummed I'm not in LA this weekend, uh, but I'm going to try to do my best to bring you the updates. Message me if you know the answer to my question. I promise it's pretty easy if you think nice and hard about it. You don't even have to look very hard. That's all I'll say about that. Uh, That's it, though. That's the show for the week. Thank you to everybody for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe. Leave a review. That helps out more than you know. If you don't, please don't leave me a bad review. That would hurt me. Um, But thank you to everybody for listening. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Enjoy all the matches this weekend. I'll catch you all back here next Friday.